0: Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card,
1: right this way,
0: it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.
2: Welcome into the New Orleans Pelicans podcast, a podcast dedicated to everything you need to know about the squad hear from those who cover the NBA on a daily basis. The New Orleans Pelicans podcast starts right
1: now. Welcome to the Pelicans podcast. I am Joe Cardosi joined by the prodigious Jim Eichenhofer. Uh, Jim, you know, the the Pelicans, they've played some preseason action. We've gotten some eyes on some players. I feel like people are a bit torn about the Pelicans performance and Maybe there's some some preseason you know reminders we need to to throw out there. It is the preseason. There are some wrinkles still being ironed out, but I feel pretty good as we as we roll into the uh, the regular season. Seems like the players have the right mindset from the audio that you were able to gather that we'll hear. And mm-hmm. It seems like uh, they're very self aware of where they stand, what needs improvement.
0: Or. Yeah, I think Jose Alvarado touched on this after Thursday's practice a little bit that you know. If you're going to have a strong performance, you want it to be in the last game. You don't want to play yeah. really well in the first preseason game and then limp yeah, through the rest up. of it. Yeah. So, and I think that's really exactly what happened. Like you said, there were definitely some concerns from people who were maybe a little overly nervous and a little overly preoccupied with preseason. And we tried outcomes. to tell you it's
1: preseason. It's preseason. We understand the emotions. It's been a while. You want to see some basketball, you want to see him look at Chris, but it is preseason. Uh, again, and they but they finished
0: with a really good performance, and yeah. you know a lot of people talked about n- not just in New Orleans but nationally the way Zion Williamson looked in the Tuesday game against Orlando, where he was really aggressive, he was disruptive on defense, he had five steals, he yeah seemed like he took on the challenge of you know shutting down whoever he was guarding and just being a force, yeah, and he ended up with sixteen points in sixteen minutes, so that was great. It's but, almost
1: like he forgets how athletic he is sometimes, yeah, into the floor, and and now he's back and. I, I, We've talked about it before, how, how Zion is looking uh, fit. He's looking trim. He looks motivated. Uh, and and it, it just it's nice to see it carry over. And, and with that good taste in our mouth, from seeing them actually operate efficiently, I feel good going into the season, man. I feel like like we're going to see a little something special out of Zion.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think people around the league, again, not just in the local area, not just in Louisiana, not just in the Gulf South, I feel like, basketball fans everywhere. When they see what he did in that Orlando game, they're getting pretty excited and they can't wait to see him on the court. So um, yeah, great way to finish preseason both for him individually and as the team overall. But um, one of the things that we heard this week after the Pelicans preseason games were over that I thought was really insightful on CJ McCollum's podcast that he does with Cassidy Hubberth as the co-host now for that show. um, He talked about how, they basically didn't have a lot of offensive plays and sets in place during preseason. Yeah, and I think I, I, one of the reasons why that you know piqued my interest was because I thought just to, to an, ex, an extent, it definitely explains some of how disjointed they looked on offense. Yeah, um, it seemed like it seemed like they were freestyling sometimes. but right. they were
1: like, surely they're
0: not. Right, and the and the turnovers too. I think a chunk of I'd have to we'd have to talk to someone specifically in basketball ops, but I feel like a percentage of the turnovers were stemmed from the fact that they maybe weren't running plays and they were trying to improvise and trying to come up with stuff, you know, like you said, on the fly. So, um, in in this clip from CJ's podcast, he basically just talks about that, about how that affected preseason. And it does make me feel a little bit, um, more at ease in terms of just some of the stuff that we saw on the court during the, especially the first three preseason games.
1: Can you clear something up for us, though? Um, You know, really, Green made some headlines when he said they hadn't put any sets in for Zion after the Mm -hmm. Houston preseason game.
3: Is that abnormal for the preseason for you guys, for Zion? Yeah. I would say every team is different. For us, we were more so working on spacing, tempo, flow, and defensive rotations um, just to get a better idea of how to play – without calling plays. And I don't know, we got mixed results, obviously. We had a great first quarter against Orlando, and then we dropped some duds in the, in the games that kind of followed our great first half. I think we put up 70 points in the first half. And we didn't run, we didn't run one play. We had no plays put in. We didn't put in a play until like the third, th- fourth game, third game or fourth game, we started putting in half-court sets because we're already good at execution when someone tells us what to do. They want us to kind of figure out what to do when no one tells you what to do. Spacing, when to cut, when not to cut, Uh, pick and rolls, when to run a pick and roll, when to run a pin down. And now we have more structure. We're able to kind of communicate what we like, what we don't like. We have some half court sets we can execute and we can kind of build on that foundation. But I think a lot of teams have different approaches, but for us, we know we can run sets. We know who to get the ball to where in those sets. It was more about figuring out the freedom and the creative play, um, and how that's going to work into the offense when we're not calling plays. But that's also why we looked poorly on offense at times because we didn't have any sets in at all.
1: Great stuff from C.J. McCollum. Again, heartening to hear. You, you don't expect a lot of BS from C.J. McCollum. He's not a, a BS artist, and uh, again, he he's a smart guy. He understands how this team operates, and and uh, great to hear him talking about like sort of why uh, the Pelicans looked the way they did. Uh, but we have guests today we are so excited about. Uh, you saw CJ McCollum in that schedule release video, it was all over the web. We're going to talk to a couple of the people behind uh, that video Tatiana Labenko and Christian Verde. Let's get to them and talk about uh, some of their ideas for this season and beyond. Joining us on the Pelicans podcast, our own Tatiana Labenko and Christian Verde. They are part of the creative team behind some of those things you've been tweeting and socializing about on social media. Uh, great to have you in studio. Thanks for uh, thanks for joining us. You know, I wanted to start with you guys in terms
0: of your background. Um, I'm sure there's a lot of people that are kind of curious about you know, how you get into social media as a career. Um, one of the things I think about, too, is, I mean, there's a ton of people out there that love sports. There's a ton of people that love basketball. There's a ton of people that love to post on social media. And it seems like in your guys' case, in your job, you kind of have the combination of all of those, which I think for a lot of people would look at that as like kind of a dream job. But um, how did you, Tatiana, I guess we'll start first with you. How did you get into this field? Like, how was why was this something that you thought was, you know, a career that you wanted to get involved with?
4: Yeah. So actually I originally in high school wanted to be an architect. Um, as I started applying for schools, I realized I didn't want to do math my entire <laughs> life. Yeah, <that's> rough. <laughs> and so I was like, okay, what do I love? What do I enjoy that I can make into a career? Um, I knew I loved sports and I was very passionate about sports. And so I just kind of started researching, originally wanted to do sports reporting. Um, Kind of saw how much you had to be on camera, realized I didn't love to be in front of the camera, but I liked to be behind the camera. Mm -hmm. Um, So I started researching just like what teams had. And I mean, it wasn't that long ago, but even, you know, five, six years ago, social wasn't as big of a thing. So they only had like social media manager positions and that was it. And so I was like, you know what, this looks interesting. It might be a little difficult to get into, um, but I'm going to try to figure out kind of how I can get myself in there. Um, so I majored in communications. I started talking to people who did hold sports, social positions at teams and, um, just kind of interned and, uh, worked my way up to where I'm at now.
1: Yeah, I guess I was going to ask, you know, for, for both of y'all, it seems like a lot of people may have that vague sort of nebulous. I would like to tweet about sports, but it's hard to like make that into a reality. I guess the path, uh, what you just said is sort of the path. What would you tell people advice wise, you know, how would they start to build their resume if they want to get into this business?
2: Um. Well, I mean, there's so many opportunities. <clears throat> there's so many opportunities to start in here. You know, yeah. we have a marketing team, a corporate partnerships team. Uh, you know, business intelligence, analytics, um, all those sort of things, and just kind of being around it and seeing how things are done and seeing you know people's strategies and stuff like that. Even just asking questions to your social people that work at wherever you work at. Um, is honestly the best way that I started out was just kind of like Tatiana said, asking questions to these people that are already doing these sort of things. You know, also too,
0: before we get into maybe more specifics about what you do with the Pelicans, um, what, what's, it been, what's your experience been like in terms of maybe what your expectations were before you took this job and what it's been like in terms of just the experience of being able to do this as a, as a job every single day and also do it in the NBA?
2: Yeah, um so I started LSU, I started with LSU men's tennis and LSU men's basketball and um you know, these guys are coming in at 18, 19, 17 years old. Like these are these are like young adults, you know, basically mm-hmm. kids that are, you know, on the tennis side of it, these guys are coming from we had a guy from Serbia, from Ukraine, from Spain and this is like their first time in America so everything to them is like brand new so they just come in you know eyes wide ready to do anything just happy to be here almost sort of thing Mm -hmm. but once you get to the professional side of it with the pelicans it's you know these guys are professionals they've already been through you know being big-eyed and just happy to be there they're now do this as a career and they do it to get paid and put food on the table so it's a it's a different perspective but at the end of the day they're all you know just like you and me, there's still people at the end of the day. So, you know, you form relationships with these guys and you talk to them about things other than, you know, what they do for a living, what millions of people see them do. And, you know, um, at the end of the day, it's just like talking to talking to one of your friends or something like mm-hmm. that. You know, you still joke around with them, do all these things. And they like the whole social media side of it. So it's a good, it goes hand in hand pretty well.
0: It's interesting too, because um, Tatiana, um, I covered, you know, high school and college, kind of similar to what you just talked about, Christian, but... Um, one of the things that has stood out to me from the beginning of working in the NBA with some of the players too, is you expect them to sometime because there's kind of like a stereotype or a generalization that they have huge egos and that they're going to be difficult to deal with. And I actually found the opposite that I I found that since I've been in the NBA that I think part of it too, is what you said Christian in terms of um, they have more training, they have more media training They have more experience being around media people, whereas, you know, and I'm not, Pointing fingers or trying to say anything negative, but like, because I'm sure I would have been the same way if I was in high school or college and dealing with media for the first time. You, you sometimes you don't react as well because you just don't have that background of understanding like how the relationship works between um, the media and the athlete themselves. But I mean, I've had nothing but good experiences. I actually. I think it's actually been easier to deal with NBA players here than it has been. And I mean, some of that maybe is a credit to over the years, the
1: kind of people that we've had here. It's a here. culture, but it's also a bunch of young guys who like grew up right. with social media. And I'm an, That's old, true too. an old guy. I didn't even have the internet until I was in high school. I was like 18 or something <laughs> like that. So again, I'm pretty old. Uh, but uh, these guys sort of came up with it and they sort of understand like branding and like the the, the image they want to project. and that sort of stuff at a young age so it seems like it's just a different type of athlete that you're dealing with than like these old cats who are like wait what's an instagram or something like that so it seems like this team especially as young and and it's plugged in as they are, are probably easy to work with
2: i mean even cj as a veteran you know when he was in college at lehigh was i don't know what it, what year that is 2013 i think yeah. 2012 maybe i think he got drafted i think so
0: cuz i like think that. he's been in the league 11 years yeah but
2: i mean this stuff was like just starting out so, mm-hmm. you know, and now he has his own podcast. He's the president of the Basketball Association. Yeah. So he's doing all these things to push his brand. And so, you know, someone like him who didn't have this, you know, when he first started now sees the benefit of it and, you know, works with us and does things. Like I said, he has his own podcast. He uses his social channels for stuff like that. So um, even if they didn't grow up with it, now they see the benefit of it. You know what I mean?
0: Mm-hmm. Um, I guess st- starting with you, Tatiana, Um What's the experience been like in terms of who are some of the players? I know. I guess one thing we should mention, too, is that you guys travel with the team. So, I mean, you're around them up close on the road all the time and as well as the home games, obviously. But, I mean, who are, who are, are some of the – I'm sure people are probably going to predict correctly who the answers yeah. to these are going to be. <laughs> but, I mean, who are some of the players that seem to be the most receptive to social media and, and some of the videos that you guys do and just seem to get a kick out of it and enjoy it the most?
4: Yeah, so I'm going to go off of kind of what Christian said, that we have like a a team full of guys that actually do really enjoy doing content. Um, I'm not 100% sure if it's due to just being younger or just Mm -hmm. kind of the culture we have, but we just have some really good guys. Um, You definitely have some that love uh, the camera and to be involved a little bit more. Um, Trey yeah Murphy. we want
1: we want <laughs> names we want so names like yeah Trey uh, Murphy came with his full, full Bob Barker voice for Media day so yeah. I knew he had to be in there he's always down to clown yes,
4: um, Trey's definitely one of them um, even some of our younger guys Dyson likes it um, herb was fun herb,
1: this year for Media Day He actually seems to be coming out of herb, a shell he was herb goofing over
4: the years has gotten a lot more um, involved in social yeah. um, I'm trying to think of who else. Uh, I mean,
2: even Larry. Larry's like Larry the most sarcastic social, person. Yeah, in the he's a funny, world. smart guy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he'll give you something that's really quick-witted or something.
4: Yeah. So like all, all of our guys are, are pretty good, but um, you definitely have have your few that really love and like are watching everything we post. Um, Larry and Trey are on it every, every single game to see what's going on. Yeah. Um, but our younger guys, Dyson, EJ
2: um yeah, they have like tiktok accounts yeah. and they do things on there
1: so. see i haven't seen the tiktok dances yet i don't know if i want to see a seven footer doing a tiktok <laughs> we're, trying to, we're
2: trying to break it out of ej at some point i think yeah. we're gonna get him to do a tiktok i,
4: I think, I think so one day fun. we'll get it as, as, Jim,
1: you need to hop in on the tiktok <laughs> dance.
0: come on just <laughs> oh god background. you know how popular yeah, that pop would be locking. me dancing on tiktok <laughs> yes come um, on as the as social media experts um how do you rate larry nance's uh postgame recaps and in particular his photoshop ability
4: you know, me and him have conversations about this pretty often about his recaps because he always wants the credit that he's like, I do do all my own Photoshop. Um, he has an app. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. exactly. Um, I think they're funny. I think a lot of times, uh, we're not able to interact with all of them just due to the nature of some of them. Sure. Sure. Um, but I I think they're funny. I think our fans really like it. I think, um, it really helps our fans kind of feel more connected to Larry too, more connected to the team Mm -hmm. because a lot of our fans like to do that same thing with memes and stuff. So, um, seeing someone that is an NBA player getting involved in it too. Um, I think it really helps our, our fan base.
0: I think the fact that they look like they were, some of them look like they were done by me with like (laughs) meaning no skills whatsoever makes them even funnier. And I'm sure that that's probably part of what he's, shooting for us, is he wants to make them you know? right he wants to make them as crude looking as possible yeah, he does, and
2: his, he does them in five minutes uh, right <laughs> he right puts it out like it's absolutely
1: nothing uh speaking of masters of their craft jim eichenhofer uh you know you were you were talking about how you know the 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 Pell's uh, media team the social media team is around the players a lot, just like you you know i'm sort of stuck here in the office uh, a lot of times and y'all are like around the players i get to interact we keep with you them.
0: at a safe distance <laughs> yeah yeah i i need to be quarantined let's be honest
1: uh but uh, y- y'all seem to, you know, interact with them a lot. What are some of your favorite interactions sort of beyond the artistic process? You know, like when you get to know some of the players, like who are some of the players, maybe maybe former ones that have come and gone that, that you've gotten to interact with that you're like, you know what, that was a fun experience. Uh, I wish them well, no matter where they go. Maybe they're still here, you know, but, but who are some of your favorite players that you've gotten to work with who are like, you know what, I-, I hope to do that again?
4: Um. So we've had some really good guys come and go. Uh, again, our team is great. All yeah. of them are really nice. Um, I have great experiences with all of them, and I feel like I have a, a really good working relationship with all of them. Um, some of my favorite guys that have gone, uh, Garrett Temple has just always a super yeah. sweet guy. Oh,
1: Uncle Garrett. Um,
4: <laughs> Devonte Graham was great. Jackson Hayes great. Um, Billy was great. Honestly, a lot of our guys that even have left, they were just really good people, and again, like really involved in just our social understanding and stuff. Like anytime I had to ask any of those guys that have left and any of our team now, yeah. um, nine out of ten times, they're going to do something for me and give me – They'll probably give me a little gripe about it, um, <laughs> but that's just them giving me a hard it's part time part of the process <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, they love to give me a hard time for fun, so, and I uh, <laughs> still feel like
1: all those guys are beloved here, you know like, I feel like if you're part of the fraternity of New Orleans if you've passed through in any way as long as you pass through all right <laughs> but you know there's the most players who have played here uh, have some goodwill still built up.
2: honestly the same I mean each, yeah. every time you get to interact with these guys, they're always great. there hasn't been one you know Bad person that's stepped in that locker room that we've interacted with as you know as far as there's been a stuff.
1: few guys I was like I don't know how this is going to go like when Najee when I first met Najee I'm like he's going to throw hands on me or like I'm going to have to fight this guy but he was so super, super yeah. cool super I mean, nice yeah.
2: some of them can be really like. I don't know, standoffish, I guess is maybe the word. Like Yeah, they're almost like, shy. Yeah, like like you mentioned, Herb Herb's like a, a quiet, reserved guy. But yeah. You can still talk to him and have like a, a funny conversation. And he's and gotten funny. I don't know if it's maybe yes.
1: getting some money. You know, I don't know if yeah. it's maybe just his tenure with the team, but Herb seems to have loosened up. Like he's 100%. joking around. Yeah. He was he was a very quiet like yes, no, mm-hmm. thank you yeah. before.
2: And that I, also comes from, like you said, nerves and stuff like that, yeah. just being nervous. But once you get more comfortable, even, um, you know, Dyson or something like that, he comes yeah. in as a rookie from Australia who's been here for two years, and now he's a lot more comfortable with himself. He yeah. laughs and jokes and, you know, has his voice heard whenever he wants yeah. to be heard.
0: I think Jonas is another guy who, when you first meet him, <laughs> yeah, you're, Jonas you're seems like tiptoeing me. around him <laughs> and wondering, and then you get to know him, and it's just like, this guy's hilarious. He's one of the most underrated, funny guys on the entire yeah, roster. Day. He's like,
1: why you make me read all these numbers? Why? This is so confusing. <laughs> but he knew what he was doing. He was just trying to play dumb, uh, which was funny.
4: Jonas is one. Me and him joke about it all the time. Like, I always say he owes me a social request because he always <laughs> says no to my social request. And it, and it's truthfully, like, it's never rude saying no. He's That's just, like, the way he is um but he cracks me up because again like you just know his personality and like at first you would be terrified of him and probably are mm-hmm. like oh my god well yeah
1: he's so bearded scowling thing. seven <laughs> foot guy. is generally off-putting but he's he's and, and especially with the accent he seems like a bond villain or yeah. something but he's very funny and, and you can see that twinkle in Jonas's eye even when he sounds like he's being a jerk you can mm-hmm. see like oh, i'm just kidding yeah you know, it makes it, it it definitely made me like him a lot more being close to him and and being able to see those interactions, hopefully, you get. Hopefully, people get to see more of that side of Jonas as we, we get going here. You know, before we kind of wrap up, I wanted to ask you guys kind of
0: about someone who's, I guess you could say, kind of behind the scenes. But I think a lot of people by now know in New Orleans know about Alex Restrepo is kind of the the mastermind of social media, and he kind of runs the show. He's been here for quite a, a He's while. High
1: backed chair, big window. Yes, just turns it yes. Around, you know, but an I, idea
0: man. I think one of the things that. Is so interest most interesting to me about Alex is I con- I constantly hear that he was the one that came up with some of the ideas like some of the big ideas for example he um came up with the idea to do something with um Griff and the piano video that was extraordinarily yeah. popular for the schedule release a year ago and then this year I heard um Shanika we had on, on a podcast uh, and she t- when the schedule came out and she talked about how. He had the idea to do something with CJ McCollum and Jaleel White, the guy that played Urkel on TV. Everyone knows who Jaleel White is. Don't qualify <laughs> it. <laughs> Sorry about that. Um, but I mean, what, what's it been like as far as working with him in, in terms of his personality? And just, it, it's just, it actually doesn't surprise me having gotten to know him for a while after or a bunch of years. His personality, he's just so funny. Like, he just comes up with stuff like this.
4: Yeah, we, uh, we told him this morning when we were coming on the podcast we were only going to trash him. Yeah! Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, but Alex is great. He's a great boss. Um, people don't realize how many ideas he does come up with. Uh, some of the stuff that he comes up with, like, I'm shocked because I, I just, like, it's so creative. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's been doing it for years, and he still is able every year to just, like, top himself with something yeah. else creative. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he, he's great. He really is a master mind sometimes and again like going from the schedule released last year with griff and the piano to this year with Jaleel and cj um he he makes it happen too and i think that's what's cool is uh when he has like an idea he he really makes sure to make make it happen and go through yeah
2: he's also always ready for the moment like there's no moment that's too big or too small for him he will always see a way to capitalize on it, you could say, yeah. you know, he's always, he's not one step ahead. He's, he's three steps ahead. He's thinking about what the reaction will be from his idea that yeah. hasn't even happened yet. So
1: I think that's part of being embedded here in new Orleans too. Like once you're here long enough, you sort of start to see how parochial and how uh, hyper local new Orleanians are. And and once someone buys into the culture here, we want to love them. And he's and from I, here. He, I th- and he, and he, I think yep, he, he understands. Local guy, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, very he, he grew inably.
2: up here. He knows everything, all the ins and outs, everything from when he was born, whenever that was, to, yeah. to now. You know yeah. what I mean?
1: Just a few years ago, right? He's like 21. Yeah, I think like with
3: Something that. like yeah, that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. Yeah,
1: just, just, just a fountain of youth, that guy. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, we're looking forward to so much of uh, what you guys are going to be doing this season. We enjoy it in-house, but of course, uh, you know, we're a little biased. But to see the fans and all just sharing this stuff organically, it's got to feel good to see. That's why we do it. Huge thanks to Tatiana Labenko, Christian Verde. Always great ideas, and it always seems like you people are out there enjoying them. I'm on the Twitters, the X's, uh, all the social medias, and uh, I've seen the videos. Uh, it, it's great stuff, and uh, great to see the response that they've been getting from the people. Uh, you, you want it to be a fun season, sort of as the lead up, uh, you know, leads. And sometimes we haven't had that, uh, to be sure. honest. There's been some bad news leading up mm-hmm. to seasons, but. It it feels like rah-rah time, man. You got you got B.I., you got Zion, you got some fun videos, you got some hype, you got some young pieces. I'm excited for the season, Jim. Yeah, I
0: mean, this is the time to, to dream big and think about the possibilities. I mean, it was great to have those guys from social in here. I, I find them to be very entertaining, and, you know, we talked about Alex Rostepo in terms of the role that he has. Um, they just make things a lot more fun. Yeah. And like you said, if you have... One of the things that's interesting about their job, I guess you could say this about ours as well, is that it's just easier to do the job when the team does well. Yeah. So I mean, beyond the obvious, you, you, you want to see them do well so that it's just easier day to day. It's more fun, and uh, but I, I do think there's a lot of optimism for this season right now and for this team and I think it's very justified
1: yeah I mean and and we're used to you know sort of saying this is our year here but to hear the national buzz to hear people sort of taking inventory of what the Pelicans pieces are and how whole we could look this season it's exciting and I hope people are excited to come out to some games see the Pelicans in action see Jim Eichenhofer traipsing about the court Uh, you'll see the camera flashes just popping off and you'll be like what is that it's Jim I'm very prodigious,
0: as you said earlier. So I yes. might be, I might be hard at work, you know, cranking out the articles. Who knows?
1: But you know, yes. See a typewriter and, and a long. hard hat—that's Jim, too. <laughs> you know, he puts on his hard hat to yes. type because he is a uh, lunch pail kind of guy. This is going to be a fun season, y'all. We're going to get to see a lot of what we've been hoping to see shake out uh, this season, and now we're actually going to get the eyes on these players. I'm excited, Jim. And uh, let's roll into the regular season, my friend. Are you ready? I can't wait for Wednesday. In the meantime, we
0: still have a couple shows that we're going to have next week on Monday. And then we'll be recording Wednesday morning and have a show for you on that day as well. So I'm I'm really looking forward to some just more tangible basketball. Yes. Preseason is cool and everything. But, you know, honestly, we're going to throw out the stats in the garbage immediately if we haven't already. So, yeah, I can't wait to see some meaningful basketball and as we've talked about before i mean there's some there's some marquee games in the on the schedule in the very first week
1: there is and we're going to get to talk about a lot of what happened instead of what if uh so get ready pelicans fans the excitement is upon us thank you for listening to the pelicans podcast big thanks to the social media team tatiana labinko and christian verde for hopping on the podcast with us huge thanks to mr jim eichenhofer for being the rock That solidifies this whole thing. And thanks to you for listening to the Pelicans podcast. Tell your friends and pals, spread the word. We will talk to you once again on Monday. And until then,
2: Thanks for listening to the New Orleans Pelicans podcast. Join us three times per week on pelicans.com, the Pelicans mobile app, or you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. We'll see you next time right here.